The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Panther Ranch Studios, which is in my car. Yeah, I'm doing that again. I'll stop. All right, no more of that. I know it's getting old, but anyways, welcome back to another Panther Rants podcast. Will Harris or Willat Harris? I'm sorry, I'm getting my uh, thing wrong or my identity wrong. All right, it's Tuesday. I'd like to thank you all for who viewed uh, yesterday's podcast. Although I do these every other day, at least try to do two a week or whatever, but sometimes things come up and you just feel like talking, and uh, well, first of all, Pit Hoops has uh, Mount St. Mary's tonight, so we'll see what happens there, Pitt's 4-4, four four. they've won their last three games, you know, which is not much, you know, which is kind of braggable that they won three in a row, I mean... Yeah, they're cupcakes. They, they won, but at the end of the day, it's a, with this team and how young they are. It's good that they won three in a row because it gives them some confidence. And hopefully, if they get four in a row, they'll be five and four. They'll have some confidence going to West Virginia. So you want that? You want these guys to be confident? I mean, they're obviously not going to make the tournament, but hey, they're winning some. Maybe they'll win some games to sneak up on some teams. You never know. As long as they continue to get better. And, of course, other teams will get better as well, unfortunately. We have that that problem. But um, on the football side, we had some departures. Uh, Quadri Henderson is going to the draft. Which, you know, I'm kind of a little eerie about. I just don't agree with it, but... I kind of figured he was on his way out the door because, you know, well, there was one tweet before the season began about him wanting to go pro and move his family out of you know, their neighborhood. But um, after the Miami game, he made a tweet about being a prop pit man. And just the way he worded the tweet, it's it, 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 it uh, kind of referred to pit in the past tense. Or at least his college football career in the past tense. So it, you know, it was kind of cryptic in a way where you kind of knew that something was going on, that he was, you know, on his way out the door. But I don't really agree with what he's doing. I think he should stick another year and um, try to hone his skills as a wide receiver because he really didn't you know we were all hoping he would have have taken off this year as a wide receiver but he just didn't and part of it's on him the other part of the other part of it is on who was throwing him the football 
you know, Pitt had a really unstable quarterback situation. First, to start with Max Brown. Brown, just, Brown was horrible. But then uh, he had a great game against Rice. It seemed like he was picking things up against Syracuse until he got injured. And that was that with him. But then we went with, we were hell-bent on Ben DiNucci playing. And initially, in the beginning, I liked DiNucci. I thought he was good. I was doing well, and he was he was putting point, he was putting points on the board for Pitt and moving the ball. But unfortunately, uh, we all saw really who he was. I mean, he just is what he is. That happens. He's just limited. But you know, we finally have a quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I just think if Henderson would stay, because Jester, you know, Jester Wee's gone. Henderson would be that senior senior leader, and he would probably get the ball more. He would get a lot more touches because a lot of the plays, a lot of the touches he got were on plays designed for him, which was those wildcat plays. But um, obviously he's going, you know. In terms of a kick returner, punt returner, and you know, the Rod Stevens, you know, did kick some, did kick off some punt returns as well. And he, you know, he um, until he got hurt, he had, a, he was making a nice little, you know, a nice little career out of it. He got injured. He was never the same. That was that. He was done. So I'm not sure how long Quadra Henderson's going to have if he goes, you know, if he even gets in the pros because. He's going to be playing against guys who are bigger and faster than him. A lot more stronger. So he's just going to have to get, you know, bigger as well. So. And there's there's a really, really, really good chance he doesn't even get drafted at all. Maybe he gets picked up as a free agent and then gets you know, a tryout, but I just, you know, I, like I said, currently with his where, where he's at right now, I just don't agree with it. And we move on to that, you know, move on to the next topic. Uh, Shantes Moss dismissed from the team, gone. Basically, was told, he played this year, and there was a lot of potential there because we didn't have, you know, anyone settled at running back. So he was getting his reps, but he got suspended twice this year. And I guess and obviously he had a falling out with our Pat Narduzzi because Narduzzi was calling him selfish and all kind of other stuff. Because I guess, I guess when Moss came back in the lap, he was expecting to be back on his spot in the depth chart, which is not going to happen, especially when I. Uh, Darren Hall took off the way he did. So he was got this, you know, Moss pretty much was going to sit his butt down. But here's the thing: if um, if you've been suspended twice this year, your coach is going to be really, really pissed off at you. Really pissed off. I mean, because 
with a, being a head coach or a manager or whatever in life, whatever you know, thing of you know, leadership, you've got a lot of other worries that are out there that are much bigger. And worrying about whether somebody can, um, you know, an athlete get their act together, whether it's grades, a piss test, or whatever, you would like that to be the least of your worries and the least of your headaches. So I'm not really sure what Moss did to uh, get suspended, but I guess it sounds like it was a drug test. But if you do it twice... Your coach isn't going to be happy with you, and you have to do a, you're going to do a whole hell of a lot to get on his good side again. A lot, and obviously it wasn't going to click for Moss, and that's why Pat told him that he needed to go move on with life's work, go to another school, and he will. I mean, he's a talent. It wasn't like he was a crappy player. He was good. He had a lot of potential. It just There's too much other stuff that outweighed keeping him here. You know, where you know where your troubles exceed your talents. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened there. So it's unfortunate. But his time of pimp may have ended, but his journey moves on. So he can go to another school and catch on somewhere, get some playing time, get reps. So it's not over for him yet. But uh, you, know, you factor this in and all the other players, you know, the player uh, some punishments that were handed down early in the football season where, uh, you know, White had missed a bunch of games. I can see this. Can, I can see this probably is getting on Penner Doozy's nerves as well. When you gotta keep dealing with this, it's annoying. It's it's annoying, and plus it's disruptive as well. Because you're trying to get you know your your depth chart down pat, your players down pat, working together, and you know the, the players you need are getting suspended. They're missing games. They're not. They're not keeping their head straight. And, you know, speaking of the player departures, I'm not sure if Jordan Whitehead even goes pro this year. I would have thought he, you know, he would have, but I think the suspension, you know, obviously sucks. Could be a blessing in the skies for Pitt. Because he was good, but, I mean, he, I mean, was he pro? I mean, he'll get drafted, but is the top three rounds? Was his, ta- was his talent top three rounds? Talent, who knows? I, I seriously doubt it. Oh, excuse me. So, obviously, I got some more more other topics. Well, I mean, on a side note, I did watch the Steeler game last night. It was funny because I followed the first half on Twitter, and obviously, you know, Shazer went down, and he's doing better. Obviously, I mean, when I looked at the, his how he got hurt, it reminded me a lot with Tommy Maddox how he got hurt. 
figured that um, you hope that it was the same conclusion as Max that he would get up and walk again. Because I think we all worry about Max as well when it happened to him. You know the one. You know the one. You know one thing when I see is uh, I always it always reminds me of Adam Talaferro when I see his players go down like this because that was the one of the first instances we you know I've seen it where I think more and more you know it was more in our backyard, not so much where you know, it was a Pennsylvania football you know college football team in PA. I guess you can say in this in this sense. Because there are other players that have gone that have gone paralyzed in the pros. Before, obviously, Mike Mike Gutley was one of them. Dennis Bird's one of them. I think Dennis Bird ran to his own player. They were second to quarterback, and that's how that happened. And you got Eric Legrand from Rutgers. And I believe he was doing a special teams thing. I think I think Telefero, no, Telefero wasn't doing special teams. I think he was playing. Oh, it was yeah, it was garbage. It was garbage time. It's Ohio State. And Ohio State pretty much had a game one. It was a blowout. And I think the I think what angered some Penn State fans at that time when that injury happened was that John Cooper was still throwing the football up until uh, Telefero got hurt. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if that would have avoided the uh, injury. We don't know. But Telefero got, you know, he walks, he walked again, and he's he went to law, and he's obviously doing pretty well for himself. So I mean, football. I mean, obviously, you want to go. You know, everyone's dream is to play pro pro football, but not everybody's going to do it. And for some you know, that are that are pros, they're probably they probably meant for more better things in life, and they just don't know it yet. And they eventually will figure it out, because it's, I mean, a lot of these players probably got a lot. You know, pretty much all of them got probably other got other talents outside of football, and they just got to realize them. And you can pretty much say that for any for, for any professional athlete. But uh, what, what was fun, one thing I found comical was how I followed Twitter, and people were saying this game's over, stop it, it's done. I flip it on. Steelers just scored at seventeen ten with eight minutes left in the third quarter. Eight minutes left in the third, and the Steelers were down only seven points. And uh, what really got me was. The Bengals had a meltdown, obviously, and the Steelers came back and won it by a field goal. They gave Andy Dalton all that money, and they're stuck with him pretty much for a, for a few more years. I mean, Andy Dalton pretty much is what he is, and I think they were expecting more out of him. He was going to keep getting better and better, but he just really hasn't. I mean, that's what you see with Andy Dalton is what you get. So they have a few more years with him, and I'm sure. I mean, personally, I think teams like Cincinnati will be looking to draft a quarterback eventually. I mean, Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton's very good. He's he's very good when he has good players around him, and you got a lot of quarterbacks that are like that. They're especially pro quarterbacks that they're they're really good as long as they have really good players around them. I mean, can they? You know, if it's a if it's a case for it to put the team on his back and. Win a game, uh, not sure. 
And of course, our final topic for today. The Heisman. The top three were selected. And Lamar Jackson kind of baffles me because Louisville wasn't that great this year. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, although he won the Heisman last year, he kind of had a slot against, you know, against ranked opponents. Obviously, he's there because of his numbers, but I, you know, obviously the Sean Watson show won the Heisman last year. The Heisman's something they they don't get right a lot of times. And, it happens. I mean, look at look at Larry Fitzgerald. He was Larry Fitzgerald, regardless of the of the Pitts record that year, he was the best player in college football. And some people just didn't get that. Especially local media, they try. They still try to rationalize it to this day. Fuck off. Excuse my language. So I kind of annoyed the hell out of me when I saw that Ray Fitzgerald has Saquon Barkley as number one. Of course, of course. I'm not sure what. I'm not sure if Ray had a vote in 2003. I know Ron Cook did. Ron wrote his article about how he did this. I think, I think it was Smizek and Cook that had uh, votes. And they both, like jackasses, take, take Jason White. But, but I bet if they do have votes this year, they probably damn well would have voted for Saquon Barkley because that's how they are. They just love throwing shaded pith. But Saquon didn't make the top three, and it was obvious. His numbers just weren't good this year. They were good, but they weren't great, great numbers. They weren't Heisman numbers. And he padded his stats against really crappy teams. And even some bad teams, he had bad games. But there were some, but there were some games where he he played really well. And for some reason, Joe Moorhead was so hell-bent on letting, letting, letting Trace McSorley do everything when he could just give the ball to, give the ball to Barkley. But, the, but, then, but then teams caught on to what Penn State was doing offensively. And um, Ohio State obviously set the blueprint... Because the way Penn State was on their offense is when they were handing the ball off to Barkley, he was pretty much standing still. And by the time he got the ball, he had defenders in his face. And he's not really and the guy's not really Barry Sanders. He's got moves, but he's he doesn't have Barry Sanders moves. So of course he was getting blown up on those plays. If you probably put Barkley in a pro style offense like Pitts. His numbers would have been a whole hell of a lot better. Than um, what they were at Penn State this year. In a lot of ways you can say his coach more had let him down. But he was a really good player, you know, in high, in college. He was really I mean, he probably one of the best college players this year. I mean, I thought he was the best, you know, Still think he's the best this year in college football, despite his, what his numbers say. His numbers just aren't everything. If you can see what he can do, 
going to have a good pro career. I mean, LaShawn McCoy didn't win the Heisman either. And he was a really good running back. And, you know, he got drafted, I think, second round by the Eagles. And he's, he's and right now, McCoy is zeroing in on 10,000 yards. That's how old I mean, a lot of us are getting now. McCoy's been, the, you know, been the pros now eight years. And he's about to, uh, eight or nine years, and he's about to, uh, Clips 10,000 yards. So, I mean, that's how old we are. Leif Fitzgerald has 1,200 receptions. That's how old we are. But, um, you know, the highest was something that they, they, they don't get right a lot of times, if not most of the time. So, he could have at least got an invite to New York, though. I mean, maybe he still will, but. I mean, of course, Air Donald should have got an invite too. When he was a, uh, he was one of those trophies for the, you know, at least got Heisman, some Heisman consideration. But of course, Pitt being six and six that year didn't help much either. But he he took he took home a boatload of trophies. And if it wasn't, I mean, I think one thing you have to credit is the fact that um, at the time when he won the, all these trophies. Pitt was in their first, I think, first or second year in the ACC. I think first year, I think. And if it wasn't, and I think if it wasn't for the conference affiliation, Aaron Donald probably takes takes another trophies home. If, if Pitt was in the old Big East, they would have. I don't think he takes any home any, anything, to be honest. But one thing I, I didn't bring up to you guys, and which I should, which I will now, is that um. And I'll do it because I have some time. Because you know I'm not in the park, I'm not in the parking garage yet. What if the Big East stayed intact, and what if TCU was in the Big East? Could you imagine that? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you two angles. Won the football. Obviously, TC would have rolled in football for the most part. They've done very well in the Big 12 since they got there. And then obviously, you know, they put so much work in the, into, their, to their, into their athletics. And, there's, you know, obviously football was a big was a big one. And it's got, got them to where they are. But what happens to the basketball program? Is Jamie Dixon coaching at TCU when they're in the Big East. I mean, does... Because um, I'm sure them being a better, better basketball conference would have attracted a, you know, a pretty decent hire for them to go and recruit all those basketball players in Texas. But does Jamie coach on that sideline given how things unfolded? I mean, would they unfold the same way? Because... I mean, could you imagine how awkward would that be for Pitt having a home game at the Pete and Jamie Dixon on the other bench coaching TCU against Pitt? I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, wouldn't that be something? We'll obviously never realize that. And I'm not sure if Pitt will ever schedule TCU or TCU would ever schedule Pitt. That's something to think about. 
But one thing, I, one thing I have, uh, you know, I have to look up. Is Pitt still doing the Maggie Dixon classic? Because I remember, because if you all remember, that was a big thing that Jamie used to do for um, you know the memory of his sister. I wonder if he still does the Maggie Dixon. I have to look that up and see. Because I hear, I heard nothing from you about it as of lately. But man, that'd be something for him to go to his you know to a to a conference quote unquote conference rival. I mean, would it be more, would he be more would be he more hated at Pitt then, or would people still like him? Well, no, well uh, I guess we'll never know. But just some hypotheticals. But anyways, I'm done. I had fun. Enjoy your day, guys. Hell to Pitt. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around: a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.